Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Matthew 9, Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Welcome to day nine of The Chosen's 40 Days with Jesus, book two. I'm Danica, and you're listening to the Unlearning You podcast. Day nine, prayer. Praying sometimes feels like a one-way conversation, a sometimes boring, I can't think of anything good to say, one-way conversation. There, we said it. In a world where text because it's faster than actually talking to someone, meaningful connective conversations are becoming less frequent. So is slowing down, getting quiet, and waiting to hear what God has to say. And not even hear as we traditionally do with our outer ears, that would be so much easier, but to understand with an inner ear we often don't even know how to use. In Matthew 6, Jesus was preaching a sermon with a lot of course corrections. The topic ranging from love to lust to divorce to revenge to money to prayer. He began by telling the people what not to do. Specifically, don't pray in order to be heard and admired by others, and don't fill your prayers with empty phrases and many words. Instead, go into your room and shut your door and pray to your Father who is in secret. Matthew 6, 6. And that makes perfect perfect sense because prayer is intended to be an intimate two-way conversation with God, not a liturgic public show. Of course, there's nothing wrong with praying corporately in church or with small groups of people. We can and should talk to God with others, praying for each other and worshiping Him together. That's church. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Matthew 18 and 20. But corporate prayer shouldn't replace more intimate conversations with God. And while adjusting where you pray is fairly straightforward and simple, adjusting the empty words part that's more difficult because the truth is we totally do that we know we're supposed to pray and so we do but we don't always know what to say and we certainly don't like the stillness that comes in a quiet room where we can run out of words so we fill the empty space with many words on the upside spewing keeps us kneeling it also keeps us from falling asleep which is easier to do the older we get. Seclusion plus quiet equals nap. And ultimately, it feels pretty good to check time with God off our list of things to do. But that's not what prayer was designed to be because talking to God, or anyone else for that matter, consists of two things, meaningful words and listening. In his kindness, Jesus didn't teach us what not to do or say. He also gave us a template for what our words should be. He didn't want us to be confused or discouraged or bewildered. He wants us to enter God's presence with confidence and the confident and the comfort that comes from knowing we're wanted. He also knew we would carry a lot of things into prayer. Our worries, our fear, our love for him, our brokenness, our thankfulness, our sin, our shame. We carry it all all the time. In fact, 
Sometimes the things we carry keeps us so preoccupied, we fail to hand them over to the one who can actually help and heal us. So Jesus' prayer template wasn't meant to be, a stri- to, be, to be strict or rigid. On the contrary, it's a guide that ushers us into the presence of God. It gives us space to say all the things we want to say and all the things we should say. Our Father in heaven, my Father who is on his throne in heaven, ruling, seeing, all-knowing, all-loving, holding everything together with your words, hallowed be your name. You are holy. You are king of the universe and set apart in my heart, Lord. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Bring about your good plans, God. Multiply your kingdom in the hearts of men and women and use me for your purposes. Your ways are higher and better than mine. Your ways are eternal in scope and intricate in beauty beyond measure. Do your will, God, and let me see it and be amazed. Give us this day our daily bread. I pray for provision today, Lord. Would you direct my steps and give me faith and strength to follow you? Calm my heart. My needs are great, too many for me to meet, and too overwhelming to face alone. Be faithful to your promise to provide, Lord. You know what I need, and because I'm seeking your kingdom, God, you must add all these things to me as well. You've promised provision in Jesus' name. Thank you that you never lie or change. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Father, forgive me for being afraid all the time. Forgive me for doubting your faithfulness. Forgive me for persisting in greed and impatience and selfishness. Wipe my heart and mind clean, Lord, that I would again be pure like white snow. Make me like Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith. And because of your great love for me and your forgiveness and grace, please help me forgive others. Oh, that I would hold no grudge or judgment, Lord, but that I would extend grace as you do because of you and by your power. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Protect me going forward, Lord. Help me to see the pitfalls, the lies from the enemy, along with my safe passage out. You are good, God. I love you. I serve you. I follow you. Amen. It's a template beautifully crafted by the author of prayer himself. And after saying words that are burden-lifting and focus-shifting, It's time to listen for God to respond in the stillness, with patience, and expectancy that he will indeed meet us in that place, holding up up his end of the conversation. Because of his mercy and steadfastness and willingness to bend low, he speaks through his word, through our worship and our inner ear, and to our inner ear. Oh, that we would remain a while and wait and believe he'll be faithful to make himself known. Oh, man, wouldn't life be so much simpler if we could just hear, hey, don't go left. I need you to go forward. Go over here and talk to person by name because I need you. They have something for you or you have something for them. Or if you sit in here with me today, I'm going to give you steps one, two, three, to know how to get X, Y, Z. And it'd be worth sitting still, wouldn't it? Instead, I'm not raising my hand here. I go in some, most of the time, and I'm like, okay, God, 
because I've got so much to do today. Can you just go ahead and give me what I need to do because blah, blah. And there's no relationship in that. And then I'm only hearing my voice when I come up to a situation where I know he's got the answer that he would have been more than willing to tell me in the first place had I just been still and spent time with him getting to know his heart for me and his why for me and his humor because man God got jokes and it just there's peace there's just peace in his presence and when we slow down we usually speed up because we can be still we can know and we can go and we can grow that's really what he wants from us. To just know we have a safe space to land and stand. And a, a safe place to know everywhere we step. Is already, already laid out with the provisions to take the step after that. So I'm just going to take a second because I haven't done this yet on, on our podcast. God... I just, I just come to your presence and I exhale. I exhale. I take a beat to just be still, to learn to tune in, tune out, and turn up your volume. Turn up the volume on your voice, your inner your inner conversation with me so that I can know you better, so that I can just continue to know that you love me and know that all the more because it's in that place of knowing I matter, of that place that our listeners know they matter, that gives us the confidence and the comfort to go out throughout the day and know that we don't have to fear, we don't have to to worry, we don't have to be scattered, we don't have to, we don't have to, we don't have to struggle. And so God, I'm going to pray right now with our listeners, your, your prayer, the Lord's prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. And may we be still in between each one of those sentences to just inhale you and exhale the busyness. Exhale the uncertainty. Exhale the doubt. Exhale the worry. Because in that moment, in this moment, in your presence, in every moment that becomes the next moment that is now this moment, we know you are there. We know that you care. And we know that you are ready meet us wherever we are 
eagerly like an expectant father like a like a father who's just coming home from work like a dad who's just coming home from work drops his briefcase holds his arm straight out and lets us come running with arms wide into yours so that you can catch us and hold us close and we can feel safe we can tell you anything or we can just tell you nothing and just sit sit with you sit with you and enjoy the feelings of safety and what it's like to be loved for all that we are for all that we are not and not for anything that we do but simply because we are and we are the way you created us for a purpose and on purpose God for that we celebrate and honor you we thank you and we just sit with you and we exhale and we listen and it's in Jesus mighty mighty precious intimate name I pray amen the prayer focus for today is this one should be easy yeah <laughs> moving forward how do you view prayer as a boring or rigid or liturgical practice, as an opportunity to give God your wish list before jumping back into your day, oops, guilty, or a time to pour your heart out to God in order for him to pour himself back into you. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Now it's time for me to practice more of that. Why do you think Jesus taught about prayer with such specific instructions attached? What was his motive, his goal? We should always check our motives as well. Everything we do has a motive. What is our motive? And, and, and what's, what's behind the motive? What's the end? And like they ask in this question, what's the end? What's the goal? But knowing his motive and his goal first will really help us to know ours. What will you change about the way you pray moving forward? Where will you pray? When? How? Be intentional with this most precious relationship and protect this to protect it from becoming less than what God desires for it to be. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I, I I'm not normally a morning person and as I do these these calls on clubhouse at 6 a.m. every morning I am really enjoying this intimate space of of set aside time for Jesus for learning more about his heart and for anyone who and for sharing that, and for sharing that with anyone who cares to, to listen and get curious and even reach out to me. And you can do that by going to my Needing Much Work website, which is danicatrebo.com, or any of the social media platforms. And I would really look forward to hearing back from how you're enjoying, not enjoying, getting from, not getting from, would like more of these 40 days together. But most of all, what I need is for you to know that I see you, you matter, and I love you. God bless.